of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. It is finally Friday the 13th. You are tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, Swing West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, how are you doing this morning? Well, good morning. Speaking of online, if you go on panhandlenewsnetwork.com, What's happening? Uh, it's, just launched? It's 50% Fridays, and that is today. So make sure just six minutes ago uh, it went live. So head over to PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. You can click on the Half Off Deals banner, and you'll find a uh, Jersey Mike's gift certificate. It's a $50 gift certificate <coughs> that you only have to pay $25 for, and they are going to be going pretty quick. And again, it only launched seven minutes ago, so you better get on there quick over at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com, uh, and then you click on the Half Off Deals banner. Yep, 50% Friday. There you go. Well, I'm glad I just remembered all that uh, offhand. Yeah. Wasn't too I'm, bad, I'm, was it? I'm impressed. It's like I've been on the radio before. It's like you have like uh, Jersey Mike's, <laughs> you know, you've got um, brain cells dedicated to that information. Well, I've had enough Jersey Mike's in my day <laughs> that uh, I'm sure it probably is somewhere embedded deep into my brain. <laughs> well, we are really happy to have our first guest this morning. By the way, uh, stay tuned because John Unger is going to be on at 930. We've got a lot of questions to ask him. Um, and I'm sure he wants to to chat with us about, you know, his plans as he's just being appointed to a magistrate position. But uh, happy to have in studio this morning, Lisa Fozzie from Home Helpers Home Care. And before I uh, bring her in, I want to thank her because she sponsors our weekend show, Panhandle Spotlight, which is the best of Panhandle Live. Yep. We uh, air it in, on all our stations. So yep. a broad audience gets to hear that. So thanks so much for that, Lisa. You're quite welcome. And I know you've got you've got a fondness for radio, grew up with it, and uh, that's a good fit for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can remember back in the day when mom would listen to um, Trading Shop or something like that. The Trading Post. Yeah, yeah. The trading that, post. Was, that was still going when I first came here 20 years ago on really? EPM. People <laughs> loved their Trading Post. It's, oh, yeah. it's uh, been it's been brought up to bring it back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in the it's in the workshop. You never know what's going to happen it, with it. It was it was like a, a radio classifieds, and you never knew who was really calling. That's you know? exactly oh. right. Yeah, which is part of the neat. fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, that sounds pretty neat. So, um, how's it going in in home health care? I know um, it's been a busy summer for you. Oh my gosh, yes, it's been a very busy summer. Um, we kind of have exploded with numbers of calls coming in for care. You know, we're seeing more and more people that are just needing excessive hours of care where it used to be we'd have, you know, a half a day here, half a day there is the care that we were getting calls for. Now we're getting a lot of calls for eight to 10 hours a day, 24 hours round the clock care. Um, And so that leads us into a staffing challenge, of course, that we want to look for more and more employees to work as home helpers for us. 
And so we, you know, bring them in and train them or whatever it is that we have to do. But yeah, this has been a very, very busy time for us. Is there anything that you can point to that's causing that? Is it just people going back to work and not really being able to help out in the in, with their loved one as much? Or is, is there, you know, anything in the medical field that's happening? Well, I think it's twofold. Um, of course, our population is aging more and um, we're living longer. Um, we're seeing a lot of people that are falling. Um, you know, they're trying to be out and mobile, but they've been stuck at home for so long. Mm-hmm. And I just talked with someone yesterday that that was the situation. They've been at home for so long and now they're starting to go out and about and they're a little bit more disoriented. You know, it's been a year and a half. Right. And when you're 85 years old, that's, you know, very quick. That year and a half goes by very quick. And um, I've heard that from our seniors that they've just feel disoriented about things. And so they go back to driving, they'll fall getting into their car, (laughs) they'll fall getting out of their car, Um, you know, within their homes, they've just been confined. And Mm -hmm. so they want to start, you know, this summer getting out, they were gardening and they'd fall in the garden. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are seeing more falls and um, we're also seeing more strokes. And I I don't understand why that is. I'm not a medical professional myself, so I'm not a doctor or nurse. But we are seeing more, um, we're getting more calls for stroke recovery. And um, we have some of our staff that have been working specifically with stroke recovery and um, helping people continue their exercises when physical therapy isn't there that particular day. So we work hand in hand with our home health agency friends. Um, So we're seeing, you know, more and more of that. And then I think the other side of it, too, is that, yes, um, people are ready to get out. They're um, not as anxious about inviting somebody into their home. Um, Many of our seniors have, uh, you know, tell me that they're vaccinated. So that makes a difference. They feel more comfortable letting us come in. Um, We've done a great job with that, you know, over the course of time anyway. But, um, you know, keeping people safe. So I just think that it's really that uh, seniors are starting to migrate more. They want to get up and move. Mm-hmm. And then when that ha- they do that, you know, they're falling more and having other health issues that maybe they didn't even address during the pandemic. Um, we know that as you, you know, read across healthcare in general, you see that people did not want to frequent the emergency room. Um, they did not want to go to urgent cares. They were doing telehealth, which I do support telehealth, absolutely. But sometimes they can't hear. Sometimes they can't Mm -hmm. hear. Um, And sometimes, you know, um, for someone who's not been around folks with a lot of accents, that makes a difference for them, too, particularly over a video. Uh Um, So they're trying to hear it. They're trying to see it. And there's usually a delay. I've had telehealth appointments, and there's typically a delay in the conversation. And I think that's really difficult on the seniors. Now, some of them love it. And they ha- their their kids or themselves, they've uh, bought the technology in their homes to be able to do that. We even provide that sometimes. We'll bring an iPad to the house so that our seniors can use an iPad. But um, I think that that's probably caused some of these folks to now have ongoing health issues. So when you're talking about hiring folks for home helpers, and I know you guys have a, a training set up there uh, off Winchester Avenue and all of that. And if someone's listening and they don't have you know, an RN or an LPN license, but they, they would kind of like to, to get in and help. Are there positions available for someone um, who doesn't have medical training? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we're not doing medical care. So we're going into a home and we're helping someone get a bath and get a meal. Um, we're helping them to uh, 
be mobile throughout their home, whether that's walking with a walker or a cane or on their own, um, helping them get in out of the shower, get to doctor's appointments, do their shopping. Um, you know, so we're doing things, even their pet care. So we're doing things that, um, you know, if you were my mom, I might come to your house and do that for you. Mm-hmm. I could use some help with the <laughs> There we <laughs> go. Sign, I'll sign <laughs> you up. Walking the dog in this heat. <laughs> oh, yeah. This heat is something else. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you think yeah. about it, that's got to be a bit of a hazard if you're a senior citizen and you, you still need to walk a little dog mm-hmm. out on a leash and maybe you don't realize how hot it is. Oh, yeah. Because well, that'll yeah. get you within seconds of walking mm-hmm, outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is serious. And uh, we also sometimes encounter homes where um, the senior has lived most of their life without air conditioning. And with this extreme heat, that's pretty dangerous, not only for the senior, but it's also dangerous for our employees. So sometimes we have to address that with our families where we're working, that we really need them to consider putting air in or moving the senior to another place because it's too hot in the home. When the home is 90, 95 degrees inside, that's entirely too hot. And sometimes the senior has uh, some form of dementia and they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, their face will be flush. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see them perspiring sitting in their recliner. That's a little dangerous. Oh, right. my oh, yeah. mom will have, it'll feel like you're in a furnace, but she's comfortable. <laughs> she's in her eighties, but you know, so uh-huh. it's, it's true. It's their perception of, of the uh-huh. heat as well. Yeah. yeah well, no, and their skin is looking thin. forward to that yeah. when you're 80, well, I need right? it to be frigid at all times. <laughs> well, it's their skin is thinner too. Mm-hmm. So that also, um, is part of that concern. Again, we're uh, speaking with Lisa Falsey from the Home Helpers Home Care. Now, what are are you still looking for, you know, volunteers, people to sign up and help out uh, some home helpers uh, around the area? Well, yes, and they're not volunteers. They're paid. Right. (laughs) And so they're paid employees. But, yes, we're absolutely looking for anyone who can um, work anywhere from four hours a day to 16 hours a day, to be honest with you. And Um, and they'd be doing some of the things that you kind of talked about. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, we hire anyone uh, from, you know, any background. Now, they, of course, have to meet certain criteria. Right. Um, they can begin on our website, you know, at homehelpershomecare.com forward slash Martinsburg. They can begin there and uh, go through the application process. They can call our office. It's 304-433-8000. Um, they can stop by the office on Winchester Avenue. It's right down in Pikeside. Real easy to find. Park in the back because there's very little parking in front. <laughs> Don't want your car to get hit along the road. Oof. Oh, that'd be bad. That would be. Tell me about it. Especially going in for a job interview. You walk out and then your car's totaled. Yeah, that'd be bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. And, and there is a screening process because these folks will be working with some of the most vulnerable among mm-hmm. us. That's exactly right. Yeah, we do a comprehensive background screen, which actually looks at criminal record in all 50 states. Um, it also looks at the sex offender registry. It looks at the global terror watch list. It looks at the FAICS registry. And then we, of course, have a comprehensive drug screen that we do, 12 panel, including marijuana. So um, we make sure that we're trying to keep, uh, you know, the right qualified the person in the home, not only trained, but we've done as much investigation And, you know, um, I mentioned earlier, I actually, uh, my husband and I used our caregivers in our own home this year when we cared for for my father-in-law when we brought him from Pennsylvania at the end of his life. So Mm -hmm. we actually had overnight caregivers. We had daytime caregivers. 
And boy, was that nice. I actually got to sleep. Oh, can you <laughs> imagine Can you imagine little, the pressure, though? The employees will oh, go take true. care of the boss's family <laughs> member. Wow. So you really got to see it up close and personal and, mm-hmm. and how it works. And maybe um, we're able to fine tune things. Say, you know, this might be a concern that mm-hmm. our clients might have. Yeah, it gives you a little different perspective than outside looking in. Kind yeah, of. yeah, you're right. I mean, it was a little bit different being on the other side of it. I was, believe it or not, I was the apprehensive one for having nighttime caregivers. Yeah. I didn't want my employees down there while I was sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) So they might tell things about me. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) You know, our habits and all that. But honestly, that first night of good sleep that you get when you've been up and down with a loved one who really needs your help in the middle of the night and you still have to go to work the next day. That really is worth its weight in gold. Right. Um, Just to have that peace of mind that he's safe. And he gets the care and, yeah. and the help that he needed, and he appreciated it as well. Right, and you know the extensive, you know, background searching, and you know the different ways uh, that these people end up coming into your business. So it mm-hmm. gives you that even extra peace of mind that you don't have to worry about, right? You know everything. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. So that was just um, it was revealing and eye opening. I was able to fine tune a few things. Um, for our families, you know, you do see things on the other side. Right. And um, I thought that was very helpful. So my staff learned a little bit too. One of the other things that Home Helpers Home Care does is they they help the family members find financing for this care, especially veterans. That's exactly right. So I've kind of become an expert on helping people with applying for the pension aid and attendance benefit Um, As a military family, my husband's retired army. It's very important to us in how we serve our veterans. So I have a negotiated lower rate for those individuals. Um, There are basically four pillars to the pension aid and attendance benefit. Um, They have to have served during defined war periods. Doesn't mean they went to war. Right. It just means that they served during that time, 90 days of active duty, one day during a war period. And then from there, um, we look at... um, their medical need, you know, do they have a need for in-home care? We also look at um, their income level uh, to some of their expenses, only really health-related expenses count. And then they look at their assets. Um, it can't be over $130,000 that are saved, you know, back in assets. Uh-huh. You can own a home and a car. Home can't be on a lot of land, though. So if there's land to be sold, you know, Veterans Administration will say, you know, that's not going to work for us. So um, this benefit is for veterans and surviving spouses of veterans or the couple as well. So it's really helped us to serve a lot of veterans in this area. I probably have had 20 or 25 vets and spouses on that program. And some of the spouses really would not have had any care at all if it weren't for that benefit. But that makes sense because especially if you're uh, the, the wife of a Korean War veteran, uh, or Vietnam, you might have been a stay-at-home, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mom, and and not had your own benefits outside of the, you know, your husband's. That's right. That's exactly right. And um, even uh, summer World War II as well. Um, Desert Storm is the other war period, so mm-hmm. it could be even current, um, more current. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll give you a good example of that. We had a lady who her husband came back from doing his three to four years of service um, in World War II. She was a stay-at-home mom, raised the kids, took care of the house. They even built their own house, and he started working as a contractor, basically for cash for most of their life. And then he passed, and they really didn't have much put in Social Security or anything. And she lost her vision, um, diabetic, Mm. and we were able to actually go into the home 40 hours a month 
and provide care for her. And that gave her family a little bit of a wow. break. That's a godsend. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Again, we're speaking with Lisa Falsey from the Home Helpers Home Care. Uh, real quick, can you let everybody know where they can go to find out more about Home Helpers uh, Home Care and you know maybe if they want to get involved? Okay, absolutely. Yes, yeah, sure. You, our best uh, place online is our website, and that is uh, homehelpershomecare.com forward slash Martinsburg. Um, you can call the office 304-433-8000, and you can stop in. 3192 Winchester Avenue, Martinsburg, located down there in Pikeside, right on Route 11. Park in the back. Park in the back. Park in the back. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. Thanks for stopping in this morning. Thanks for everything you and your business does. And, of course, for uh, sponsoring Panhandle Spotlight. My pleasure. Absolutely. Stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm, Swing West Virginia and Maryland. You visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewear. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. if you missed it before the break. We had Lisa Fauci on from Home Helpers Home Care to talk about all the amazing things that they do uh, for the elderly in Very the area. And, and folks who are just homebound. Right. You know, for so, whatever uh, reason, so if you missed any of that, you can always listen back to it over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have John Unger on after the break. He's going to talk to us about the whole transition to magistrate. Mm-hmm. But uh, while we've got a few minutes, um, I thought it'd be good to talk about some things that are going on this weekend. Let's hear it. So I'm probably going to mispronounce this. Remember? Oh, when we had Grayson, right. St. Rokathon. Yep. Did I get it Saint right? St. Rokathon, not Rock. Roke. St. <laughs> Rokathon is happening at St. James the Greater Catholic Church. They very wisely... Um, decided to have that marathon cornhole tournament and all that after seven. Yeah. So so they're having Very that wise. after seven. You can go on racewire.com slash register um, to find more information. The link is at the St. James the Greater Catholic Church website. Yep, and then uh, coming up Saturday, if you missed the show from yesterday, we were mm-hmm. talking about this uh, with the Morgan County Arts Council, but it's the uh, at Berkeley Springs Park at 5.30. They're having Black Z- Black Cat Zydeco uh, performing, which sounds like it's going to be a pretty good party. And again, if you missed that conversation, uh, you can listen back uh, from yesterday's show on our Facebook page. It'll be a hot time. It will be a one. hot time, but Zydeco music is made for oh hot weather. Oh my gosh, so, it's so, yeah. there's just a whole feel for that. So that's that's awesome that they're bringing that to Berkeley. Springsteen. I love that. I remember uh, one of the first times I ever really realized what Zydeco music was. I was a kid. Uh, and every year growing up, uh, Blues Fest that was in Hagerstown mm-hmm. was always the weekend of my birth was my birthday weekend. So oh, we they brought it, it to town just for you. Exactly. I think I was. Uh, I think I was at pretty much every single one from the first one to the last one wow. they had. But uh, anyways. It always happened on my birthday, so like the family would have like my birthday party at Blues Fest, just watching music and everything. And I remember hearing this band with this big tuba and all these brass mm-hmm. instruments, and they were going crazy with all these wild sounds and whatnot. And I remember thinking, what is that music? But I could mm-hmm. not stop watching it oh, and yeah. eventually start dancing to it and kind of find out it was Zydeco music. So. so Mountain Stage, you familiar with that? Uh-huh. Okay, so they came to the Apollo and did their, their show. Right. Uh, the Apollo one time, and, and my husband and I got to go, and they had a Zydeco band. That's and it cool. was really cool. That is neat. So that's happening at 530 at Berkeley Springs State Park tomorrow. Black Cat Zydeco will be performing. Uh, and coming up after the break, we have District 16th District Senator John Unger. 
Munger going to be calling in uh, and speaking about how he has been appointed as the uh, Berkeley County Magistrate. That mm-hmm. will be official, I believe, on the 20th. But we'll get all these specifics from him in a few after the break here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you've missed any of the show up until now, you can always listen back to it over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. But we do have our next guest joining us on the line. It is 16th District Senator John Unger. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? We're good. So where are you, where are you calling from? You can just say the state. Oh, I, I'm calling from Georgia. And nice. the reason The reason why I'm here in Georgia, I'm a co-chair of the, uh, the uh, Next Generation Initiative of the National Institute of Civil Discourse. And I'm down here to facilitate a civil discourse civility workshop um, for the Georgia State Legislature. And so, um, anyhow, we're going to be doing that for the next couple of days, and um, and then I'll be headed home. So facilitate, does that mean teach them how to talk to each other, or are you <laughs> mediating? Teach them how to be civil, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we're not mediating anything, no. It's just, it's a workshop, and it's, it's uh, working with them to develop those institutional aspects of developing a culture of civility and civil discourse, as, as, as you all know, uh, that's been wanting in our nation and then, of course, throughout, now it's starting to trickle down into our states, and, and democracy depends on it. Uh, you know, we don't have to agree, uh, but we do have to be able to deliberate in such a way that it comes up, to come up with uh, solutions to our problems, and, you know, I think sometimes we've forgotten how to do that, and so... Uh, that that's to instill those types of um, skill sets and, and mechanisms to allow for um, you know good governance. And so Georgia's invited the, the legislature invited the National Institute of Civil Discourse, which is part of the University of Arizona. That I'm and, and I'm a co-chair of the the next generation works with the uh, legislative branch in how to develop those. Uh, those mechanisms. So that's what I'm I'm doing in the next couple of days. So again, we're you from. Again, we're speaking with uh, 16th District Senator John Unger, who has been uh, serving since, what, 98, and you got reelected in 2018, but that's going to be changing soon, right? As you, were, you will be appointed, I believe, on the 20th officially uh, as the Berkeley County Magistrate. So I guess, can we talk about that process of going uh, from one pretty important job and then uh, kind of, I guess, somewhat out of left field, I guess, to us uh, going to this new career? Yeah, well, it, it, so, I, you know, as you all know, I've been working for, for many years now in the area of uh, recovery and particularly trying to address addiction and trauma and mental health uh, that's facing, you know, facing our community, uh, working with um, the Day Report Center as well as uh, looking at telehealth, telemedicine. I, I've traveled throughout the state and and going into areas like Gilmer County, Clay County, Webster, and some of these areas that don't have uh, treatment uh, services to look at how we can increase those both recovery coaching as well as telehealth, telemedicine 
therapies and treatments. And so, you know, I've been involved in that for some time. And when I, I don't know, it's been a times all run together, but a couple of weeks ago, a week or so ago, um, I was coming, I was in Webster County talking with Judge Alsop uh, about these services in Webster Springs. And I got a text from Judge Lawrenson and said, hey, can you give me a call when you get a chance? I just have something to run by you. And uh, I text back and say, sure, Judge, uh, can you give me a couple hours? Uh, I'll be finishing up here, and then I'll be able to get some place where I can get cell service because cell service isn't that good. So I did and uh, that evening, and I called him, and, and that's when he asked. Uh, you know, He told me about uh, judge-appointed Stevens um, that's going to go up to its family court, and then there was a vacancy, and if I would be interested in filling that vacancy, um, particularly with the increase of the addiction cases and mm-hmm. all these other things. And and I told him that I never re- really thought about it. I never, never even thought I would go into that realm. I, I've not even been in a magistrate court except once when I was 16 years old and I had damaged <laughs> my car. And uh, I, I went in and sued the guy that fixed my car uh, and because he didn't fix it right. right. And uh, that time was magistrate... Uh, uh, Gene Darlington, and uh, and I got to tell you, I was very impressed because I won the case uh, when I showed him my car, and and I thought, wow, that's what that's justice being served. Oh, well, this works. I, <laughs> yeah, it worked, and, and I, I I said, Judge, I've never been in a magistrate court. I said, well, I don't know. He said, that's okay. You'll you'll get up to speed. We'll train you, and you, you'll be joining a great team. I said, well, I know that, so. I thought about it, prayed on it, and I, I, it really came down to this. So I looked at both positions, and, you know, with the increase, you know, we've grown by 17% since the last census. You know, we're the fastest-growing county, Berkeley County, in the state by far. And, and, and our cases, caseload is climbing, the abuse and neglect, domestic violence. You got, um, you know, addiction, mm-hmm. trauma, mental health. All these, and that goes right into the, you know, the first line of defense in the judicial system is the magistrate court. Of course, the circuit court is the higher court, and then you have the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So, so Judge Lawrenson said, you know, I'd like for you to help me with the drug court. And, and so I really prayed, and I said this, okay, my, what I've always tried to do is look and say, where can I be the most effective to help the most people? And it comes down to the a poem by Ralph Walter Emerson that I've always carried with me that said, what is true success? And in that poem, at the last sentence is, true success is knowing that someone else had breathed easier because you had lived. And I think back on all my work in the Senate, particularly recently, for the last several years, and I asked myself, can I really say that someone else had breathed easier because I was in the Senate? I mean, you know, we pass the policies, we do budget, right? and I do constituent services. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I see results there, but can I really say that? Or, or But I do know that with being a magistrate, I'm going to see it every single day in my community. I'm going to be able to try to work with families, work with people to solve problems, using the law, uh, and, and working through those things where people are found themselves in difficulty or the families are trying to help a loved one with addiction. And it's just 
those struggles that are going on in our communities, particularly in light of this pandemic, that's even increased. So our population is increasing, therefore our cases are increasing, and you put the pandemic on top of it with all the problems that that's bringing, uh, you know, all that. And I said, it just basically said, where can I do the the most good? And our guest this morning, call, I'm sorry. I'll go ahead. Uh, our guest this morning, 16th District Senator John Unger uh, joins us. I feel like we need to give some um, you know, honor to a, a long Senate career. Yeah. I've known you for a while, and I've known you've been a, a you could be at times a bit of a spitfire. Uh, you you uh, rankled some folks. You you uh, you know made some folks very happy. Some folks weren't always really happy. But I always got the impression that you were driven and enjoyed what you did as a state senator. Is that going to be hard to walk away from? Well, you know, it, it's I, I'm not necessarily looking at walking away. I'm looking at going toward a, a new challenge that I'm going to put just as much passion and enjoyment uh, into working as a as a magistrate uh, in our community and help and continue helping people. I mean, ultimately, I'll be still helping people, but just in a different role and a different capacity, and in a in a nonpartisan way. You know, because I think a lot of the other issue that I found the hyper-partisanship that's happening within our country and even our state uh, has really gotten away with progress, I think, as far as sometimes part, people put party over people. And uh, and being in, a, in the judiciary system, that's a nonpartisan position. Partisanship has nothing to do with it. It just comes right down to the people, and the magistrate court is the people's court. And so I, I, I just see it as as a move into maybe being even more effective and be able to help more people in that way. And so, no, I, I, I mean, you know, I've learned a lot. Um, and I think everything up to this point has been in preparation for this new role that I'm going to be taking on uh, in Berkeley County. Now, speaking of your now speaking of your uh, Senate career, you being a uh, Senate Democrat in a Senate that is majority Republican, with you leaving, what does that kind of do? I guess from your point of view as a Democrat to the Senate, does that kind of leave a little bit of a bigger void because of how little Democrats there are in the Senate? Well, I, I don't think. I mean, someone will be replaced. It'll be a Democrat that will be replaced. Replace me. Uh, that goes through a process. I, I won't have anything to do with that. Uh, that's a process in which the senatorial committee uh, that's made up of uh, residents of Jefferson and Berkeley will come together and, and give, I guess, the governor three names, and then the governor will select that person to fulfill an unexpired term, and then there'll be an election next year. So, um, um, so and I, I don't plan on stepping down as a senator until I take the oath of office as a magistrate. So that probably will be in, in early September, because even though my appointment starts on the 20th, there's a 20-day period where, you know, you do training before you take an oath. And so I'll, I'll still cover, so the people Eastern Panhandle will still have a representative in the Senate uh, until that time when I transition fully over to being a magistrate, and then by that point, uh, the governor may be ready to appoint the person to take over then and there. So there's not going to be much of a gap of 
uh, of that. Um, so, uh, and you're right, you know, as far as uh, it being in the minority, but again, you know, that institution will continue to move forward without me very well, and, uh, and I'll be able to continue serving the people of, of Berkeley County. So when you first got your your position as a senator in 1998, when you were elected in, uh, the Democrats were in the majority. And in addition to losing your institutional knowledge, uh, during the majority, you you probably had uh, some pretty good sweet appointments and uh, some positions of influence. Is it easier to leave right now when the other party is in power and uh, has installed Republicans in a lot of those very important uh, roles? Well, you, you still, you know, you still have your role of, of, you know, on committees and your constituent services and, and, and the relationships that you developed. I mean, ultimately, it's not about power or position. For me, it's never been that. Um, it's a, it's about people and, and and it comes down to relationships. The thing I'm going to regret the most isn't the positions or the power of being in the Senate. It's going to be the fact that I'm I won't get to see the people that I I've really um, have developed relationships with as much as I normally would. Um, but it really comes down about relationships. So whenever you do a transition or you change. That's the part that is most important. You know, I, I used to be a hospice uh, chaplain years ago, and one of the things I have found that when, when you're talking with people in hospice, you know, those are individuals preparing themselves to die, and, and you know, they have chronic illness. Um, I always thought that would be very sad, but it was very uplifting talking with them. They were very, people were very inspiring because they really focused in on what was important to their life because they knew that their life was coming, you know, coming to an end. And it was never, you know, did you regret that you left a certain position or you didn't get that house that you wanted or a car or, you know, that you didn't climb to the level that you wanted? I never heard one of them say anything with regret. The, the regrets over and over were relationships. I wish I was closer to my children. I wish I was closer to my family. I wish I had, was you know, be able to see my friends. You know, those are the things that they they were going to miss the most. And it always struck with me that that's the most important aspect: relationships. Well, and I guess if that that's what I would probably miss leaving with the Senate. But I'm going to be developing even other relationships and more friendships and. And so, yeah, I, I, I will miss that. Well, speaking of relationships, I, I should say congratulations on your recently announced engagement. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> I've known Marty yeah, for a, a, for a changes, good number of years. Of, a lot of changes all the way around. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have a lot more time to, to spend on, on your new marriage when that happens. But also, uh, we've been talking a little bit about having you uh, come in maybe as, as a guest co-host when... Uh, when oh. when we need right, welcome back oh. to the uh, WEPM airwaves. I should say. Oh well, thank you. Oh, man, you know, I, I uh, you know, both of you know that that's close to my heart because uh, uh, we started uh, Panhandle Live. I, I was uh, uh, with uh, you know we started that years ago, and I'm glad you all have continued on the tradition of of it. And uh, I I really miss. Uh, Miss the family out there, W. See, that was another transition, the WEPM family, you know, transition out. You you miss that, but you can always come home. 
So it, it's <laughs> true, absolutely, it's true at WEPM yeah. in particular. You can always come back. That's right. You can always come home. So, so we'll have to see what your what your magistrate overlords allow you to do <laughs> as far as your t- time constraints. But we'll we'll let you come over and play on the radio. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love to hang out with you all. That'd be so fun. And and of course, you know, you get to talk with all kinds of people and you, you hear all kinds of ideas. And so I that that'll be fun. Again, we're speaking with 16th District Senator John Unger and future Berkeley County Magistrate. Now, before we let you go, uh, I got to ask you what your, I guess, first uh, initial steps once you be, are appointed magistrate here uh, on the 20th. What your first steps are, and what you know the big goals are for you uh, in this new in this new journey. Well, uh, my first step is to learn as much as possible as quickly as possible because I I want to hit the ground running. You know. With our population increase, we only have five magistrates, and by far the workload is the most substantial workload in Berkeley County than any other county, I would say. Any other county, hmm. uh, our magistrates are the busiest in any because of our population growth. Right. You know, they're, they're, we're, we're, so the idea there is to hit the ground running, uh, you know, work with the other magistrates to pull my load, um, help in, as a team. Uh, to really uh, make sure that we have continue to have a an efficient uh, magistrate court, and and that of course helps the circuit court. But I'm telling you out there, I, I went out to the courthouse and you know shadowing uh, Rich Stevens, Magistrate Stevens, and, and met all the other magistrates. I knew I know all the other magistrates <laughs> and, and the judges. We have a great group of people. I mean, that's a top notch A team. And I've been all over the state, okay? And I'm not downing other parts of the state, but we just have an exceptional group of folks being circuit judges and magistrates out there, and I'm just honored and, and i got to say, quite frankly, humbled mm. that uh, I'm part of, you know, that they've asked me to be part of that team. Um, so I'm just so excited about just really living up to their expectations and exceeding them uh, to just support the work that they're doing and continue to let Berkeley County shine as an example uh, throughout the state and I would say the nation. Um, so we have a great judicial system uh, center out there with um, excellent people, the circuit clerk all the way up to the chief judge and um, just a great group of folks. Again, we're speaking with 16th District Senator John Unger and future uh, Berkeley County Magistrate. Thanks for taking a little time to uh, talk with us this morning. From and Georgia. Absolutely, from Georgia <laughs> of all places. And good yeah. luck on uh, the magistrate role once it uh, gets started. Thank you. You all have a great day. You, you too. too. And stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. <laughs> Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit their new historic location <laughs> in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonAndJanelle.com. Jordan Nicewarner, alongside me, is Marsha Kavalik. There if are you, birthday shenanigans There are a ton of birthday shenanigans going on. If you've missed any of the show so far, you can listen <laughs> back to it on our Panhandle Live Facebook page before... 
In the last break, we had 16th District Senator John Unger on to talk about, uh, I guess, him leaving the Senate and his start in the world of being a magistrate. So, yeah. Berkeley County magistrate at that. So, mm-hmm. if you missed any of that, you can listen back to it. Uh, but, yeah, the funny thing about working in a radio station is that you never really know when you should be walking into a studio. I mean, you know that when the on-air light is on... Then, some people know that. Right. Some people. <laughs> when the on-air light is on, you don't walk in because that means people are, you know, talking in the microphones and whatnot. Uh, but even sometimes when the mic, when the light's off, you don't know if you should be walking in. And right as we were about to come on, uh, Charlotte came walking in from the front uh, front office to talk to us. And we were putting headphones on. Mm-hmm. And then you saw her just freeze <laughs> in panic that she walked into us uh, on the air, which is always so funny. Well, it's my fault because I told her to go check out Dee's um, you oh, yeah, know, Denzel. office area. Happy birthday, Denzel. Happy birthday, D. And we, um, yeah, so he hasn't been in yet. We I know, go figure. Go figure. Everybody's walking in with stuff for Denzel. And, hey, D, uh, there are donuts at the station. And he's not here. Go figure. Even though apparently he told people he was going to be here today. So does that mean, like, at what time do we call it and eat his birthday donuts? <laughs> well, it looks like there's enough donuts floating around <laughs> that if you take one or five, it's not really going to okay. be that noticeable. All right. But if there is, and uh, Susan was kind of laughing at me uh, the other day because Dee brought donuts in. And mm-hmm. if I see, I could be, I could just have had a full turkey Thanksgiving meal, right? Mm-hmm. If I see a pink sprinkled donut. I will eat it without even thinking unconsciously. Wow. Some about the strawberry sprinkled donuts. I love them. And uh, I was telling Susan that. And she goes, you know, you don't strike me as a, a sprinkles guy. <laughs> what said, does well, that mean? I said, what's that mean? And she just started laughing. And she said, oh, never mind. I was what, like, okay, what's the, right. what's the manly macho athletic donut look like? What is that? No idea. <laughs> okay. No idea. I, you, I refer you, to them as Simpson donuts because that's what. No. Yeah, that's what uh, Homer Simpson would eat. Would be the pink. You do you. Hey, I just think it tastes good. I don't know what the big problem. See, is. I like the plain sprinkle. I like the vanilla. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, the, the strawberry doesn't do it. But huh. yeah, so uh, there's nothing wrong with your life choice in See, liking a strawberry so sprinkle donut. I don't think so either. Although I did almost uh, spend way too much money at AC and T the other day because I went over to my sister's mm-hmm. house out in. Uh, Falling Water, Spring Mills area, and I stopped at that AC&T that's there because I'm a sucker for AC&T fried chicken okay. at any time. It's another one of those things. If I see it, I'm going to stop and get a whole chicken meal with like mashed potatoes and everything. Wow. Uh, so I went to do that pretty much without thinking, and then I'm checking out, and I saw that they had Crumpy's donuts at the oh, West Virginia AC&T. That's your impulse buy. Wow, a Crumpy donut? Is- donut holes at that. Oh. Which are essentially not real things because they're gone by the time you buy them, right? Mm -hmm. The donut holes. Now, thankfully, I uh, refrained from buying those, but but now everyone knows they're there. there. Everyone knows they're there. Well, good. Everybody go buy them so that I don't have the chance to buy them. You're gonna stop buying. Be like, where are the donuts? I know. Everyone listening to Panhandle Live just made a you know beeline. Save the the strawberry sprinkled ones, but uh, you can take the crumpies ones. Okay. You, you like donuts, right? I do. Oh, yeah. You said the vanilla ones. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to go steal some of Denzel's donuts today. Is it stealing if it's like for the... For it, or is it like re-gifting at that point? Like, well, I think we, we need to call a time. Like at a, at a certain time, Well, it's if okay. he would make it to work on time, <laughs> we wouldn't be having this conversation at all. But again, if you missed happy any... Happy birthday, Dean. Happy birthday, Dean. If you missed any of this conversation, you can listen back to it over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. For Marsha Kavalik, I'm Jordan Ice Warner. This has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a great weekend and stay cool out there because I think it's already 115 degrees outside.
Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. This is the Panhandle News Network, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station.